What's up, everybody? My name is Brady Morgan, and I am the host of the Budget Trek Podcast. Before we get into the show, I want to talk about our sponsor. SocialX is a community of entrepreneurs working together to make a positive impact on the world, scale their businesses, make more money, and build their networks with like-minded individuals. They have weekly mastermind calls featuring top business leaders, online courses, and amazing entrepreneur events all over the country, which teach entrepreneurs how to go from zero to six figures. If you're interested in learning more about SocialX, go to socialxevents.com and tell them you came from the Budget Trek podcast. Now, on to the show. Today, we have Ravi Abuvala. He is the founder of Commissions on Demand. He has generated over $250 million in sales for his partners. He's been featured on Fox and Forbes, and today he's going to deliver a ton of value. Ravi, what's up, man? What is going on, Brady? Absolute pleasure to be on here, my man. Thank you for having me. Love your energy. Uh, I respect people that just cold DM people. Uh, I do it for my business. So I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's hop on here and saw what you were doing. So we had mutual connections and uh, figured I'd give it a shot. Yeah, absolutely, man. Appreciate it. So for those of you new to the show, I'm on my own journey to financial freedom, complete transparency, 50 grand in debt, living for free at my wife's parents' house and on a journey to get out of that and reach financial freedom. But along with that, I want to educate with my own personal experiences. But I also want to educate through interviews with people like Ravi. He's a very well-known entrepreneur. He has a very good story to tell about his own journey and its impact on his success. But before we dive into that, Ravi, tell me in the audience the dumbest thing you've ever spent money on. The dumbest thing I ever spent money on was uh, I, about six weeks ago, uh, I chartered a jet from where I lived in Florida to... um, What's that island, Nantucket, with Jeff, actually, which I know you know him as well. I was supposed to get him up there for 4th of July. And actually, what ended up happening was last minute, I kind of drank a little too much, which, by the way, for your viewers listening, I drink maybe once every two, three months. But the <laughs> night before that, it was uh, July 2nd, and I had family in town. And I drank too much, woke up late, missed the private jet that I chartered. Uh, I assumed that because it was a private jet that it would have waited for me. It did not wait for me. And I did not get my money back from it. So I will not tell you how much I lost on it, but it was not a little bit amount of money. It was in the four <laughs> figures of what I lost, just pretty much pissed away because I slept in past my my time. I was supposed to be there for the flight. So that's one of a hundred things I've spent dumb money on. I feel like the more money you make, the stupider you spend it. But uh, that's one of the most recent ones that's coming on. <laughs> it's the hangovers, man. They kill you. They really do. They really do. I woke up and I was like, and this is why I don't drink alcohol right here. <laughs> exactly. So, so let's go and dive into this. So Ravi, you're at this level of success that a lot of people honestly admire, including me, but obviously you don't begin at that level of success. You got to work towards it. But I, and I want to dive into the beginnings of your journey towards this level. So you're starting these businesses, you're going down this path. That's honestly a little scary at first. The money's not guaranteed. You got to work your ass off to get where you want to be. How did you manage your own personal finances through all of that? Great question. And this is going to be an interesting podcast. Uh, I'm going to tell you right now because a a few different ways, especially because I know you're going to interview my roommate and and good friend, uh, Jeff Seconder, but because he's the exact opposite of me. But for me in the beginning, all I was doing was I was kind of split, right? We don't have to go my whole background story, but we'll just start where I started the entrepreneurship journey. Um, and I was like kind of split because I was getting targeted all the time with e-commerce ads and I was getting targeted all the time with SMMA, right? Social media marketing advertising. And what ended up happening was 
I try to do them both at the same time. And there's a famous Chinese proverb, is he, he who chases two rabbits catches none. And that's pretty much where I was at. I was like morning trying to do SMMA, nighttime trying to do e-commerce. It was not working. It was absolutely horrible. The worst part of it all, e-commerce requires capital to do it, right? You have to have money for advertising spend. And so I was already $6,000 in debt. I dropped out of law school, already $6,000 in debt, trying to pay for e-commerce stuff when I didn't really know what I was doing. I was playing with my own money and it was awful. So in the end, I decided to switch it around. And instead of doing my own money, I decided to start doing SOMA, which is essentially doing advertising for local businesses. And I was able to leverage their dollars for an advertising budget. And I got to take my management fee off the top. And that allowed me to essentially start a business with zero dollars almost. And all I did, once again, this is why this is going to be a very interesting podcast for you. And maybe you might not air this, but uh, <laughs> for me, I literally, I didn't look at finances. I didn't really check my money every single day. Like it wasn't like, for me, I just knew that every client I got, I was, it was almost impossible based on how I'd set my business up to be cash flow negative in my company. And for me in the beginning, if you've watched any of my content, you know, I preach set appointments and take appointments to an extreme level. And so for me in the beginning, like I didn't create an LLC. I didn't have an accountant. I didn't look at my finances. I didn't have a bookkeeper. For me, it was just like, how many appointments can I take every single day? How many closings can I do? How many new clients can I take on? And how much can I give this to me? So it literally wasn't until I was like eight months in, we're doing over a hundred thousand dollars a month that I finally, one of my mentors was like, Hey, who's your accountant? Like, I need to find a new accountant. I was like, Oh, I don't have an accountant. He's like, you don't have an accountant. I was like, yeah, He's like, he knows the numbers I'm doing. He's my mentor. He's like, you need an accountant. And then I got an accountant and she's like, what are you doing? You don't have an accountant. So for me, like it literally wasn't until I was making a considerable amount of money in my eyes. Once again, obviously there's levels to this shit, but in my eyes that I even got the accountant to begin with. So for me, it was like, I think, once again, totally different than I'm sure what you're preaching and what like Jeff's going to come on here and talk about as well. But for me, it was like, okay, Ravi, I don't want to worry about business websites. I don't want to worry about logos. I don't want to worry about business cards. I don't want to worry about the name of my company. I don't want to worry about LLC structures. I don't want to worry about accounting finances. I just need, I know that every client I sign up, I'm making a thousand dollars from them and it's impossibly cash flow negative. And I was living on my brother's couch. So I had no rent. I didn't have a car. I didn't have a girlfriend. So it was like, I just knew that I was making money. I didn't really know the actual numbers. Now I check my stuff on a, a daily, weekly and monthly basis and I compare stuff. But in the beginning, I, I, I was not focused on it and I wasn't buying anything. So I just knew that I was making money essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting, man. Because, you know, for me, since I started this podcast and the deeper I go into this podcast, the more I realize I would love to do this full time, you know? So it's kind of telling myself I got to have a healthy balance between my own personal finances, which is what began this journey in the first place, but also building this business and making it profitable and even monetizing it in the first place. It's not even monetized. So that makes sense because, you know, for you, it was all about making the money, making the money, making the money. And I don't know if you listened to my interview with John Danes. He said kind of this along the same lines. He said too many people focus on a defensive strategy, paying down debt, just focus on making money and that will take care of itself. Yeah. I mean, to a certain point, right? I was blessed growing up that I was always, I've always been very frugal uh, in the sense of like, you know, my sister who I love dearly, but uh, the rest of my family's money management skills are garbage. And unfortunately, where you, you where you grow up and where you are, who you grow up around and what your environment is, is going to determine more about how you handle your finances than anything else. 
And my family was very, my father and mother were very successful at one point. Our economy happened. They got divorced. Taylor's oldest time, whatever it is. Now they're both, we, I take care of them. Um, and what I realized was at a very early age, okay, I, I see what's happening to them right now. I don't want that to happen to me. So I was very defensive with my money, not in the sense of like, I was like solely trying to pay down debt and not make money. I was like, I'm not going to buy anything, right? Mm -hmm. I had the same car broken down. Half of it was beat in on the inside, like literally dented on the side, living on my brother's couch for free, wore the same clothes that didn't even fit me because I went from 160 pounds in high school to 215 pounds uh, my, the year I graduated from college because I put on muscle. And like, I just didn't buy anything new for the longest time. And so for me, you know, which I don't want to say this because people I hate, there's a fantastic book called uh, The Happiness Advantage, but people delay gratification, like until I hit $10,000 a month, $15,000 a month, I'm not going to get this, I'm not going to get that. And there's issues with that. But for me, that is the route that I took. And I was like, okay, until it's like I'm hitting $20,000 a month consistently, I'm not buying anything new. And even now, like my our revenue numbers are, are fantastic. Every month we're growing more and more money. And like, I just took over my dad's lease of his car. Uh, it's about, it's a gorgeous car. It's about a thousand dollars a month. And even that like is making me nervous, even though that's like a, a small percentage of what I make in a month, even that makes me very nervous. So it's kind of the mindset that I had going into it, but I agree with John Danes in the sense of like, definitely be aggressive on the front and like make more money. But if you're making, if you have awful money management skills and you're $50,000 in debt because you did something stupid, well, just making more money isn't going to make that management skills go away, right? Exactly. You need to figure out at that point how you can adjust that and, and tailor or curtail whatever you were doing to lose the money. Because it's like, it's like, what is it saying? You have a hole in a ship, like it's a sinking boat, you have a hole in it and you're just like pedaling water out of it, but the water's still coming into it. It's kind of the right. same, right? So you need to figure out how you can address that issue first before you take on, hey, let me just make more money. That's the solution to all my problems. Yeah, exactly. And that's what me and my wife are doing. We're, we're trying to figure out, you know, First of all, it's the mindset. What mindset got us into this hole in the first place? And what mindset is going to get us out of it? And, you know, it's different. We got our goals of where we want to be a year from now, two years from now. But those goals and those mindsets are going to change along the way. And I understand that. But going along with goals, you know, this podcast is centered around financial freedom. And my version of financial freedom and your version of financial freedom are two completely different things. Everybody has their own unique version. How has your version of financial freedom, which I want to preface this. I don't think you ever really reach financial freedom. I think you have an idea of where you want to be. And once you hit that, it's a completely different goal from that point on. How has your version transformed over time as you've gotten more and more successful? Yeah. Awesome question, man. This is kind of the first podcast I've been on of this type. So this is awesome. But, um, so like for me in the beginning, it was like, I wanted to make $10,000 a month. If anybody's in the online advertising space, like everyone talks about 10K a month, that's what you got to get. But then you hit 10K a month. And then once you subtract taxes and employee costs and everything else, it's really not a whole lot of money. I mean, obviously it's great. You're making it, but it's really not a whole lot of money. So for then it was $50,000 a month. Then it was $100,000 a month. And it keeps on pushing back and back as I'm hitting these goals. Um, but for me, financial freedom, how I define financial freedom is like, you know, like I just told you, Jeff and I, we just got rented a private jet, went to Salt Lake City to finish up a deal, came back today, literally 24 hour thing. Like you don't look at, you don't look at, this is silly. I read this in a book, right? Like you don't look at restroom menu items. Like you don't, uh, you don't look how much things cost. You, you go to the stores, mall, whatever it is, hotel, you don't care how much anything costs. You just put your car down and you know that you can cover it. And for me, I'm not after financial freedom. I think that's one aspect of it. 
financial freedom, time freedom, and location freedom. Those are the three freedoms that I'm after mm-hmm. 100%. Like I think financial freedom is a leg of it. Um, but for me, I'm after three of them. And in my life right now, I had, I was in Medellin, Colombia for three months. I was in Spain for a month. I just moved from the East coast to San Diego, California, 20 days ago. I have achieved all three of those in my life right now. Um, and so I, I'm super happy where I am right now. Obviously I'm continuing to growing and scaling businesses, but like, I have hit all three of those. And I think where people mess up is they try to go after one of those three or better yet, two of those three. But I think real like wealth in life, uh, covering wealth, meaning all areas of life uh, happens when you're able to hit all three of those. And I, I believe that is what I've achieved. Awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And you know, with this podcast, and you know this too, when you're in the digital space of businesses, location freedom is probably the greatest asset at that point. See, like for me, I got a full-time job. I have a side job, but I have to be there to work, to make money, which honestly I hate, (laughs) you know, with the Nashville traffic, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but I commute probably two plus hours a day. So that's time that I'm not making money that I don't really have the ability to make money. So I get what you're saying. And I, I completely agree with that. And I've actually never thought of it that way. That financial freedom is just one part of the three part complete wealth process. So, you know, along with that, with your businesses, with your goals and with what you want to achieve, and it's, this question might come off as kind of confusing at first, but how could you potentially right now multiply by subtraction? Uh, yeah. So these are awesome questions and I can see the podcast being a big thing. Yeah. You tripped me up there Appreciate for a second. If I'm understanding you correctly, it means how can I grow by taking more away? Is that kind yeah, of yes. So, so as human beings, I think something that is just within us is we love to add things to our life. It's just add, 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 add. But it's often more powerful when we start to take things away. Less is more, essentially. Yeah, great question uh, and great point. And I agree with you 100%. I think elimination uh, is the number one thing that we talk about in my company. So I also run a scale, uh, like a, a consulting company. We scale businesses. I place virtual assistants and we grow companies. Um, I've done it multiple times for myself and now I do it for other companies as well. And like one of the first things we do is eliminate, right? So personal life and business life, right? So one of the first things that I realized too, I was in South America for about three months and I traveled all across the United States. I went to like 33 cities in a few months. And when I came back home, I still remember like I, I pulled into my closet with my suitcase and I like looked at my suitcase and then looked at like the clothes and, and shoes and jackets and pants. And I said, I've lived the past four and a half months out of this small suitcase and I have all of this extra shit over here. Uh, like I don't need all this stuff. Right. So mm-hmm. I immediately got rid of all of that. I changed my mindset from one of like hoarding or holding on to stuff that like, I realized that when you figure out worst case scenario, if you throw away something or get rid of something, it's usually no- nothing's going to bad, nothing bad is going to happen or nothing that you can't fix for like $300. So now it's like almost extreme. If I see something and I'm like, ah, I don't want it, I'll just throw it away. Like the first time use it, whatever it is, if I don't think that it's going to add value to my life consistently, I'll just throw it away immediately. And that applies to everything. Same, <clears throat> same thing with business as well. One of the biggest things that we started doing and now what I do with other entrepreneurs and agency owners and, and companies when we work with them is like most companies are stalled or, or, or stuck where they are financially because they are trying to be everything to everybody, right? You're trying to work with real estate agents. You're trying to work with doctors, dentists, chiropractors, and you're trying to offer Facebook ads, Google ads, YouTube ads, SEO, content creation, videography. And the truth is like, unless you're one of these New York firms that charges $40,000 a month for these, and you're able to have all these uh, employees underneath you, which PS, 
all they talk about is revenue levels. Uh, they don't talk about their actual profit after that. So it's not even that impressive to charge them with $40,000 a month that you're taking home $2,000 a month profit. But we started to we eliminate everything. So the way we were able to scale our business to six figures a month and, and pretty record timing was because I took what we were doing before, which was when we signed on a new real estate agent client, it was about a six and a half hour setup. And I changed it to less than 10 minutes to set up a client. And that allowed me to focus more on the setting appointments and taking appointments, like I said, in the beginning of this. Um, and so that's where elimination really helped us. Anytime in a company we're struggling, we always talk about it this way. It's, uh, eliminate, delegate, automate, right? So if you can eliminate it first, always eliminate it first. That's probably going to take care of 80% of the stuff in your life. Then you can uh, automate it because automation is a lot better than having humans involved because there's obviously human error and then whatever's left over you delegate right so i do that in my entire life uh, i don't check emails anymore i don't respond back to a lot of messages um you know i don't i don't check the new oh i don't listen to the news i don't watch the newspaper i don't read any kind of non-fiction books i mean fiction books excuse me uh i don't like watch e-news i don't watch any kind of like silly television i eliminate it all i'm on a low information diet right now and so i eliminate all that other bullshit from my life and so a lot, and, and you just said it in the beginning, for me, my real growth has happened from eliminating 99% of the stuff in my life, automating and delegating the rest, and then that allows me to live the life that I want and then work the hours that I want, when I want, where I want. Um, and the problem with a lot of people is they try, I eliminated friends, I eliminated obligations, right? Like, I was just like, if I don't wanna do something with someone, hey, let's go take a drink tonight. No, I don't think so. Like, just as quick as that. But too many people feel like they are compelled to do something, like it's some kind of written code and yeah, maybe I don't have a lot of friends because of it, but the friends that I do have understand, you know what I mean? So I think elimination is, is huge in, every, in all areas of life. Yeah, yeah, that was a very, very detailed response. So thank you for that. But yeah, well, it's because you, you hit a chord. I love elimination. <laughs> I, in my course, I talk about it. <laughs> exactly. And the thing is, guys, you know, not everybody in your circle is on the same journey that you are. And some of those friends, like you grow up with them, they're always going to be your best friends. You're always going to go back home. You're always going to spend time with them. But the goals, the professional goals you have for yourself aren't the professional goals they have for themselves. So you got to recognize that and eliminate them from your life in that respect. And I also want to preface this too, guys. So today I get an email from, I guess, Ravi's assistant canceling our call, which shows he doesn't check his email because they said, <laughs> We only work with businesses that make five plus grand a month. I'm currently a zero. So <laughs> it was canceled. And as I was about to message Ravi and be like, dude, what the hell? He, he, uh, he fixed it. So we're good. <laughs> uh, that was, uh, that was hilarious. I saw that too. I was, uh, so we have a standard operating procedure in our company. You know, we, I get, uh, we have like 12, 15 appointments a day just from my calendar. I included my salespeople. And uh, I saw I, my team every day looks on there and sees, how much money are they making a month? Do they have money to invest in the growth of their business? And because you're on your podcast, you're making zero K a month, they instantly canceled you out. And they, uh, they always send me a list of the people. We have a Slack channel where they send a list of people that canceled. And I saw your name on there. I was like, oh shit, I got a message ready. <laughs> and tell them that we're still on the interview. So I thought that was really so funny. I was like, oh man, whoops. I hope he doesn't think I'm being an asshole for it. Oh, but yeah, you're good, man. I mean, we got back on the call. But yeah, man, I don't, I don't check email. I don't do like, little tasks like that. Oh, Ruby, that just takes five minutes to do in a day. It's like, yeah, but over time, five minutes every single day, if I'm sitting and taking an appointment six days a week, you know what I mean? That's 30 minutes over a month, blah, blah, blah. You get to know the rest. So for me, it's like whatever else you can have somebody else do for me, I fully eliminate myself from. Uh, and it's, it's, it's liberating. It's literally freeing to Absolutely. be able to do that. 
and does stuff fall through the cracks 100% like this was something that would have fallen through the cracks had I not captured it so like but once again look back what is the absolute worst that would have happened if we had canceled this meeting like okay you reached back out to me and we rescheduled it what was the benefit of it well I didn't have to spend that 10 minutes in this morning canceling or rescheduling all the appointments I need to take care of so for me the pros definitely outweigh the cons. Not that I don't love talking to you, Brady, but we could have just rescheduled. It wasn't like the whole world was going to. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting you say that too. I was, I was listening to a podcast this morning and the guest was talking about how he partnered with Mark Cuban on Shark Tank and Mark Cuban explicitly doesn't do phone call meetings. He thinks they're a waste of time because something that could have taken five seconds to email will take 30 minutes to call about. So it's just interesting how people at that level of of success and your level of success delegate their time and eliminate things that they don't think are good for their business or how they're going to make money. Well, and first of all, the fact that you just mentioned me in the same breath as Mark Cuban is, is incredible. I'm not even <laughs> a billion in the areas level, but, that, uh, but yeah, I agree. Right. So, and I actually got it from Tim Ferriss before our work week, which is how I model a lot of my life. I'm literally rereading it for the fifth time right now. And I've created a whole company and a VA placement company behind that as well. But yeah, it's like, People message me all the time, like, listen, man, if I hopped on a call every single time someone said, hey, man, I, we can add some value to each other. Let's hop on a call. I would be literally on calls all the time. If I went exactly. to lunch every time someone said, hey, let me take you out to lunch. I'd love to learn from you. All I'd be doing is eating lunch all day long. So, like, you have to realize, like, you're not being a dick, but there's one thing in this life, like, money is money. We can make more money. You can lose more money. It's not a big deal. One thing you can never get back is time. I treasure time more than anything else in this life, 100%. And so, yeah, exactly what you said. We don't, only phone meetings I ever do is sales calls in order to get somebody into our program. But anything other than that, it's literally an email. And someone messaged me, it's so funny you said that. Someone messaged me 10 minutes ago, like, hey, Ravi, like, you know, how's the campaign going? Everything, we're getting great leads. This is fantastic. Can we do an end of month review, whatever it is? I'd love to hop in a call. I was like, hey, man, I'll be honest with you, my schedule's a little tight. Why don't you just send me any questions you have here? I'll respond back with the answer right there. And literally what would have been a 30 minute box calendar of my thing took four and a half minutes. And I was done after that. Exactly. So like, you might piss some people off. So what? Like I'd rather have pissed off people in my time than just give my, whore my time out to everybody and try to please everybody. Yeah. That makes sense, dude. And I think a lot of people can take that advice because I think too many people uh, confuse busyness with actually being effective. effective. Exactly. And I think that's a major downfall for people starting in business. You know, yeah, obviously. I was, I was literally reading in, in the four work week. I don't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. No, you're good, man. I was, I was reading the four work week today and he was saying the nine to five is, so, it's, it's arbitrage, right? Like, there's no way in the world that every single person that run, has a job in the United States has to work nine to five. They need eight hours to get the work done. And so like, that's why they fill the void. It's called, uh, I think it's Parkinson's law. It's either Parkinson's law or Pareto's principle. I forget which one it is. But one of the two says essentially that work fills uh, uh, to work expands to fill the time that you give it. So if you say like, oh, I have eight hours to work today and complete this task, it's going to make you eight hours to do it. But mm-hmm. if it's like you have a 20 page research paper due tomorrow morning for your <clears throat> class, like I used to do back in the day, somehow miraculously overnight, you complete that 20 page paper and turn it in for an A in the morning. You know what I mean? So people just like, they don't have clear deadlines and they don't focus on the 80 20 rule as well. And so all their time is just spent doing quote unquote busy work, checking emails, water cooler talk, Facebook messaging, uh, and just like shifting around appointments back and forth without actually focusing on the stuff that moves the needle forward. Right, right. A ton of value in what you just said. And I know we got to wrap up soon. So to conclude, Robbie, you know, 
prefacing this uh, podcast with me being on my own financial journey. I want to reach my own version of financial freedom. But like I said before, once I read the point that I have in my head now, it's just going to go to a, another point. But starting from the beginning, how could potentially someone in my audience who is at a level that is where you began, how could they start their path to financial freedom? Yeah, great question. Um, what I would say is like, first of all, OPT and OPM use other people's time and other people's money, right? So uh, as especially the other people's money part, right? So don't take on a business where, in my opinion, quickest way to financial freedom is a business, right? You need to become a business, uh, self-employed, a business, and then an investor. That's, I think, if you guys don't know the cash flow quadrant by Brishad Porvad, Robert Kawasaki, I recommend you look it up. But uh, you need a quickest ways to own a business. Um, easiest businesses are going to be something online. Businesses where you don't have to have any capital are going to be like social media marketing, advertising, consulting. You can literally create a consulting company in less than two hours in the United States. Like just slap a website up, takes 20 minutes. There's templates all out there and now you're consulting. And you don't have to be like the most, the smartest person in the world. You just have to know more than a select group of people, whoever you're coaching. That's the difference in it. So like if you're on the goal to financial freedom, I think the number one thing to do is you need to figure out a business uh, and you need to figure out uh, an industry or a niche where you don't have to put up a whole lot of upfront costs. So people like that are trying to create a clothing brand, like look, clothing brands going to be very hard to create. You have to have a lot of money for advertising. You have to have money for inventory, whatever else it is. And so that's going to start a whole lot. I created my, every company we create, we create for less than $300 uh, or we just won't touch it. And it scales very, very quickly for that reason. So if you are on the path of financial freedom, it's going to be a mixture of number one, figuring out where that hole in your boat is, right? So figuring out where's the money going out in your life right now. How many times a week are you eating out for dinner? Uh, you know, how, how many times a week are you going out having drinks every single night? Are you uh, getting bottle service at the club? Are you spending monthly subscription services like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime that you really don't need? All that kind of stuff adds up. And it's not only the money that it's taking away, it's the time, right? Like the hours, the two hours. Once again, I go back to time's more valuable than money. It's not that you're spending nine, you're like, oh, Ruby, Netflix is only $9 a month. Yeah, but you're spending three hours every single night watching Netflix when you could be spending that reading life-changing books and building uh, your empire. So figure out where the hole in your boat is, both financially and time-wise. Fill that up first and then build a business for yourself. And I always recommend consulting, online advertising, anything like that where you're using other people's money in order to generate your results. Uh, that way it's impossible for you to be cash flow negative. And if you do kind of a combination of both those things, it's almost impossible not to achieve your financial freedom goals. Guys, you heard it from Ravi. He has $250 million, actually more than that in sales for his partners. And his advice to you is start your own business. That is the quickest path to financial freedom. Ravi, I appreciate your time. Where can we find you on social media? Yeah, Brady, I'll say before we sign off here too, absolute pleasure, man. I haven't gotten a whole lot of financial like freedom podcasts. Everyone wants to know my story or the background. So it's, it was a blast having a bunch of different questions that I usually get. Uh, and you kind of threw me off a few of them. So congratulations with that. And uh, I really, truly wish you the best. I, I see this being a successful podcast. Keep on doing everything you're doing. Keep on asking these awesome questions, man. And uh, you'll be out of your financial debt very, very soon and monetizing this podcast. So That's the goal. Uh, thank you for having me, man. I'm absolutely grateful for that. Um, where you can find me easiest is going to be Facebook or Instagram. Just my first and last name. I'm sure Brady will drop a link somewhere around here. You'll just see my name. It's R-A-V-I-A-B-U-V like Victor A-L-A, Ravya Kuala. Call me on either one of those. Shoot me a message. Let me know listen to the podcast let me know what you thought of it and if there's any way i can add value in your life please let me know that as well appreciate it man absolute pleasure buddy
Thanks for listening, guys. I post episodes every Monday and Thursday, and those are available on Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, or any other major podcasting platform. So listen to us there. Give us a follow on social media, Facebook and Instagram, and let us know what you thought of the episode. We'll catch you next time.